Process Dreams Podcast, Kip here. You know, and when it gets to August and Kane and Boise State get started with practice, it ends up being a lot of cross the streams with Kip. So I apologize, audience. We can yell at his scheduling. But uh, I'm excited today because I've got a great group of, of change agents with me. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, which I'm going to email Zoom about and get on them. Uh, but I've got the team here from GetPsychSports.org, and I, I, I connected with them in viewing some of the postings online about the End Abusive Coaching Initiative. But I want them to introduce themselves to the Cross the Streams audience. Um, good morning, everyone. Mitch, let's start with you, uh, with your introduction to everybody. And I know introduction is such a broad term, but it's up to you. Let, introduce everybody to who you are and how you found yourself here today. Uh, okay. Happy to do it. My name is Mitch Lyons. Um, I met Curry uh, in 2002 when he was the athletic director at Cathedral High School in downtown Boston and um, began uh, teaching kids what is in all the sports psychology books, all of the skills. Uh, and we've been doing things together for quite some time. <laughs> Uh, besides playing ball, um, he was, uh, so I'm going to let Karee talk about how we met. Uh, Julie, I met uh, recently, um, uh, well, recently, meaning like three or four years ago already, um, who is tired of seeing the abuse cases coming into her office, and she could talk to that. Uh, I started Get Psych Sports in 2002, right around the time that uh, I met Curry, and it was a thought that a curriculum on a sports team is what was missing from the model of a sports team, which is right now a two-legged stool of all-powerful coaches and voiceless students. It's very unstable. It's inconsistent, um, and it creates havoc among students and parents, actually. Uh, because there's no clear messaging from the athletic departments. So I suggested a uh, in, in the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association um, uh, this idea of putting in a sports psychology curriculum. I'm not a sports psychologist, so I wouldn't do it, but we I was working with one who could do it. Um, and at first it was all gung-ho. And then suddenly when they got feedback about changing job descriptions, the athletic director would be now a director of a, a science department, um, which actually taught skills like a simple one. People, you know, the axiom, people perform better in a positive, safe and supportive environment. That axiom is turned on its head with the you know, fear and intimidation tactics of what we would call old school coaching. But actually, it's been the coaching since 1903. And we're, um, I guess, like sports um, is a an educational advocacy group advocating for this through legislation that we have in Massachusetts called an act to remodel public school athletics through social emotional learning. And I'm going to hand this off to Curie, who would be able to explain how those the act to remodel athletics got its name. 
Hello, everyone. Hopefully, my audio is working. I uh, know my video is working. Um, awesome. Uh, so my name is Kareem Rulak. I am a career educator. Um, I was an athletic director for 20 years. That's where I met Mitch. I ran an athletic director on a high school level at Cathedral High School in Boston um, for a number of years. And uh, I met Mitch. And, you know, when I met Mitch, I was looking for something to really you know, uh, give my program an edge and my, you know, my students were, uh, were, were, were going through the motions of practice and my coaches were, were you know, were, were really old school and doing their thing. And, um, and I was looking for something to really energize the program. And I, I encountered Mitch and he introduced me to sports psychology. Um, I, he, I it came into my high school and uh, we actually did workshops with my, my coaches and my teams for a number of years um, as a case study to get some data to, to get some information um, with regard to how the students would respond. And they responded right away. Um, um, you know, wins went up and morale went up. Um, you know, coaches often push back. And so I had the experience of, of, of working with coaches uh, in, the, in that way. But when I met Mitch, I was a high school athletic director. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned I was a high school direct, high, uh, athletic director for 20 years. And so I also was a collegiate athletic director for a number of years as well. Um, now dean of students at Newton North High School. Um, and uh, I'm also the, the president of Get Psych Sports and uh, co-board chair uh, of the, the Social Emotional Learning Alliance for Massachusetts um, is where I spend my time. And, you know, I've been a proponent of, of, you know, changing how we do athletics for a long time from the perspective of having been an athletic director um, and being right there on the front lines and working with students and coaches and, um, and, and getting direct feedback from, uh, from them about their experience um, and about, you know, uh, you know, what this this kind of um, programming does for them, just the thought of changing um, athletics and, and having a voice in how things uh, are run, and um, you know, and, and, and changing from a model of uh, a dictatorship um, to someone of one that's more inclusive, um, and just meeting people where they are, uh, you know, and that's the model of social emotional learning uh, for me in a nutshell. Um, and that's me, and that's uh, who I am, and I'll pass the mic to Julie to introduce us. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on, Kip. Mm -hmm. uh, so my 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 background is, um, you know, when I, I was a kid in Fort Lauderdale area, playing a lot of sports, uh, very kind of traditional athlete, uh, played everything, um, wanted to be a collegiate athlete, wanted to be a professional athlete, but picked softball. Um always just fell in love with with sports it was in, it's in my dna it still is i still play competitively so i was going to play uh a softball uh i got a college scholarship and i think that um i didn't really know what career i wanted to do and i think just trying to navigate my own mental health and my own career identity i think my junior year um the psychology of my own performance kind of kicked in and um, realizing a lot about my own mental skills, what I lacked, what I needed, um, kind of was the, the reason why I decided to go be a sports psychologist, um, just dealing with my own, um, my own head, getting out of my own head. Um, but really, I think that the underlying thing is what's, what's my ego has kind of taken a backseat um, to mental health. Um, and I think this is the issue is the ego um, and winning at all costs is what's going on. It's winning and money. And it, it's really just kind of um, 
hurting everyone. Um, and so my journey has been through, yeah, my ego is like, yeah, wanting to work with the best athletes in the world. But then as I'm working as a sports psychologist, I'm getting more and more athletes coming in harmed. It's just very obvious. They're um, emotionally um, abused um, a lot. And I'm seeing a pattern with these coaches. There's actually a pattern of an actual personality style because everyone hears, I mean, I hear all these coaches and there's an actual common theme with a lot of these coaches, which is very interesting. So my own, um, seeing the abuse as a psychologist, well, I took an oath to protect the public, right? So I'm kind of tired feeling my hands are tied. I'm feeling helpless because I call ADs. We, I call coaches, they don't call you back. And so that has kind of led my new journey into with Mitch. In fact, when he contacted me, I was like, oh my gosh, I was literally was sitting having coffee going, what the hell, how are we going to help change this system? Because nothing is really working, you know? And so that's what led me into helping and trying to create this movement of end abusive coaching. This, uh, First of all, you all three of you inspiring for me and dream team of all aspects attacking this. And having been one of those coaches, Julie, when you said personality theme, I was like, oh, God. she's going to I think I'm probably on there somewhere. But, you know, from my background, for the three of you, where I, I really found connection with your mission is in, in about 20, uh, four years into my 14 years as a head college basketball coach. Right. Who was telling parents in recruiting living rooms like, hey, give me your son. I'll give you back the best version of him as a man, right? But then all I used was scoreboard curriculum. All I used was, okay, if the light said we won, then let's stay humble. If the light said we lost, then let's stay resilient. Now let's get back to practice and weightlifting. And it took a bunch of awful incidents happening on my campus that my guys didn't perpetuate, but I hadn't done anything to prevent them from being perpetrators of these harms to women, harms to other men on campus. I had to really look in the mirror. Like, what am I doing? Who, who? I was not raised this way. My parents are both lifelong educators, coaches, administrators, principals. Uh, Kareem, you mentioned athletic directors. My mom was a principal. Um, and I was like, you know, I couldn't sleep at night, but I had to come to grips with me. Like, it's me. Like, I'm the one not providing space to actually have intentional conversations, dialogue for young men to find themselves, right? I'm only worried about biceps, explosive power, and ball screen defense. So I I resonate so much with the frustration, Julie, you just uh, talked about in terms of I do the same thing now and what I do and I help coaches try to embrace this power, which they're very willing. And Mitch, you brought this up. They're very willing to be on top of the platform and dictate days in existence of their players when it's about the sport. But suddenly they there's like this learned helplessness to do any of the work that actually might help their guys. And Kirby, you mentioned social emotional learning. I'm interested from you all where, Julie, maybe start with the personality themes and then we can get into where are we seeing these? Because you guys have such a good perspective. For, you got the administrator, you got the coaching, you got the athlete background. Julie, maybe start with that theme you're seeing. Well, here's the deal. You know, as a psychologist, it's really hard for people to change. Okay. And people are only going to change if they have awareness. Okay. If they don't have awareness and they don't have the ego strength to change, which unfortunately most don't. And this is why, <laughs> this is why we're all, our hands are tied because no one is actually coming into my office going, Dr. J, teach me, how do I be a better coach? I, I've had my name on my website for years of helping coaches, doing coaches workshops. How many coaches do you think actually call me and say, Dr. J, please help me. I'm coachable. Mm. Zero. 
Okay. Yes. Zero. Yes. So what does that say? People are really are having a hard time changing because they're either they're they're dictators. Dictators, oh yeah, you want Hitler and Napoleon. They're they're like, ooh, tell me how I can be a better person. I am so sorry. So the personality styles is these coaches are not apologizing. They're not reflecting. Yeah. They're they're just so therefore I think that having if so if we take the personality type out of the equation and we teach because that's what's happening. The personality is interfering with the curriculum. Then they have no choice. They have to teach these skills. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Because nothing yes. has been working at this point because there's gaslighting, the minimization, the denial, the repression has taken over. So I'd like to add yeah, one Mitch, thing go ahead. to that, Julie. Yeah. Um, there is no curriculum. There has never been a curriculum in sports uh, because back when this was all starting athletics, which is back in 1903 was the first school system, city school system to have athletics. Uh, it was on a view that people who worked with their hands were not as intelligent as people who worked behind the desk. And this classism had been around for generations uh, and uh, embedded in the society that both we and England uh, were in. And we're still doing that. When I went to school in the 60s, that long ago, um, dumb jock was a common phrase. But I knew the jocks or the athletes. They weren't dumb by any means. Um, and so what's different about this approach is we're saying uh, coaches need guidance, just like Julie was saying, and um, coaches have no guidance because there is no nothing in writing. And we all know a writing brings gravitas to anything. And mm -hmm. if you adopt that writing, thinking the Constitution right now, <laughs> if you adopt that, uh, then uh, it's part of the society that you're forming, part of the culture you're forming. And I don't mean micromanaging coaches because we don't need to do that. Uh, sort of, I used to bring, when I was coaching in uh, uh, Division Three as an assistant in the college team, I used to bring jazz to practice and have them play. And I'm saying, when you're playing, it's just like there's a main theme, but you riff off that main theme. Mm -hmm. And that's what basketball is just like. And that's why there's mm -hmm. a whole basketball and jazz a theme going on. Um, in many movies and et cetera. The idea is that if you have a written curriculum uh, and uh, a basic principles like the axiom I mentioned before of creating positive spaces, then if that's on every team, what does that do to the coach that's yelling and screaming? Mm -hmm. If the athletic director um, is on board with it and the only, sometimes the only way to get people on board is to offer something different and let the marketplace dictate that. And that's what our legislation does um, uh, that is modeled after the Boston Public Schools where Korea and I were on a committee to remodel public school athletics. And if you look on Boston Public School Athletics in Google, if you get on, put that in, you're going to come to these brand new mission and vision that intentionally teaches social emotional learning. 
And um, so that's what we're about. We're trying to get uh, people on board with this concept change, the systemic yeah. change that's required that no longer do we have just the two legs, but the third leg is the curriculum, which brings tremendous stability to the whole project of delivering sports uh, to kids. Kareem, I'm really interested in your experience driving some of this from the AD perspective. And you mentioned yeah. earlier in your intro, like coach pushback. I'm, I'm interested in, in that and give us that story. So when we implemented a curriculum of sorts in, at the high school uh, that I worked at uh, some time ago, um, I, there were real results. You know, I saw transformative results in, you know, students' d demeanor in the hallways, in, in classrooms, as well as on the, the playing fields, um, in addition to, you know, it translating to, to, to positive, you know, results in the win-loss column. Um, but these are, these are, these are things that, things that I will be asking coaches to do will be things that, you know, good coaches will be doing, have been doing forever. Yeah. Just communicating with players and finding time to, to better understand their players. Um, and, you know, the kind of pushback that I would get from the coaches at that time was more around the, the lines of, um, you know, them feeling like they've got another thing to do at practice. Uh, um, and it really, it really wasn't, it was really, you know, finding time within the process of, you know, having the team, uh, running a team to have, you know, better understand your plays. It was just that simple. It's amazing how, you know, I, thank you. I love finding community because I think I've, I, I'm so dialed in with what you guys believe in and teach. It's amazing the learned helplessness from my brethren, because I was in it for 22 years, of being able to calendar every minute of every day around football, basketball, right. baseball. But the second you asked him to use that skill, which is an outlining and literally sequencing information to where you, you trust that a kid can do it on the field, you can use that same skill set for exactly the skills we're discussing. And Julie, that's why I, I, I call it mirror training. But like you mentioned, very few of coaches are willing to undertake that. They want the kids to like, hey, you got to admit your faults. You got to admit your shortcomings. You got to go into the weight room and admit you need to be in there. But heaven forbid, like Kareem, like you said, I admit I need to change 12 minutes a day post-practice to talk about something that matters. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on a soapbox, but I know you guys are fighting no, no, this. But I we're on a soapbox for a living. It's okay. There's, It's just, <laughs> unfortunately, the psychology of narcissism and power is deep. It really runs deep. And um, I think people are really threatened, you know, um, you know, great leaders develop great leaders. Great. You know, it, you think it's common sense, right? I mean, I have coached right. a lot. I've coached my kids and we've won so much because it's just a very relaxed, positive environment. It's common sense, right? You would think the common sense, like confidence is belief. It's relaxation. It's fun. It's focused. It's able to be calm under pressure, but then you have the opposite with the coaching and the leadership. So it just doesn't make any sense. So there has to be a certain personality type that has to be deeply embedded in the psyche, you know? So that's kind of why I, I like having the younger generation. And that's why I'm doing this podcast myself is to try to help parents, you know, but nothing has seen right now is a crisis right now. And no one's, nothing is working, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you guys envision with the legislature and the, well, talk about, give me more on the background of the end abusive uh, coaching initiative what it actually looks like. Mitch, you've talked about it, like the legislation. Talk to talk to listeners through the specifics of what it would entail. Okay, so um, 
the uh, the act to remodel public school athletics through social emotional learning uh, and why social emotional learning and not sports psychology because sports psychology uh, and and Julie can be the affirming person on this, uh, is much more interested in measurements of increased and better performance. Social emotional learning is the educational process on how to achieve what specific and explicit teaching. Um, and that's why uh, the, the act um, that we're talking about uh, envisions uh, things that are already in school systems, like in Boston, uh, in this state right now, there's a frameworks for uh, health and physical education curriculum. They have a curriculum. If, for historical reasons, it got so busy that phys ed split off from sports. It used to be the, the same director. Then it got so busy with the sports and physical education continued to educate well, sports sort of lost that focus because they had no science at the time. But now we've got 100 years of science in sports psychology and at least I don't know, 50 in social emotional learning or may, maybe more. <clears throat> All of these studies to show the feelings that people will have, uh, the emotions that they go through are extremely important to identify uh, and be able to express and then regulate after you've become aware, as Julie said earlier, awareness is everything. So that's what we're trying to do here. The legislation, uh, specifically in terms of the second paragraph of it, is uh, curricular shall include, but not limited to, explicitly, and there's a big difference, as Karee will tell you, between explicit learning and implicit learning. If I watch you with a uh, uh, digging a ditch, I will learn about the ground. I learn about the the, uh, the the tools you use. I learn a lot by just watching. That's the way sports is taught right now. Like we teach sportsmanship. Really? How exactly? Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. explicit is yes. Yeah. Yes. Explicit is how to. So I see a cake, I have noticed everything about it. That's implicit. Yeah. I learned something by seeing it. Explicit yeah. teaches you how to bake the cake. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what this uh, curriculum that we're saying that Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, the Massachusetts Department of Ed here, uh, shall publish guidelines for the implementation. So it's an alternative to the old, but not a mandate, uh, but that was the same with social emotional learning. And out here, you know, I'm or back here, I guess, uh, in, in, the, in Massachusetts, we have embraced social emotional learning, the Department of Elementary and Secondary, everyone has. And uh, so this really is the same thing for schools, but applied to teams. And if you look at social emotional learning, if you go on endabusivecoaching.org, uh, you'll see uh, what is social emotional learning and you'll see, oh my gosh, it's exactly what teams do. And you could have tremendous education going on with the type of uh, intense workout that a season brings with all of the roller coasters of emotion. This is all fantastic for practice. 
because like all skills, as everyone here will say, uh, that takes practice. Yeah. You can't just, bam, snap your fingers and it's all different. It isn't. Kareem, what, but you sorry, know, Mitch. At least, yeah, at least you know what you're working on. Do you envision ADs could use this in the hiring process or in the in the evaluation feedback? So I think it works best in the evaluation feedback. I mean, you, okay. you're sort of filling out and talking to coaches and finding out what their what their you know uh, policies are and how they run practices in, in the in the evaluation process. Pardon me, the the uh, hiring process. But certainly, I see it as a tool in the evaluation process. Something on the uh, the eval that will. And they'll say whether thumbs up or down, whether or not the coach created a positive environment. And, you know, and when you mm -hmm. uh, preseason and working with coaches, you know, they know what the expectations are. And you're, so, so you're sharing that information preseason and in the hiring process. And then at, in postseason, we're coming full circle and saying, hey, how did it go? And, you know, yeah. and what and, and, and what could I do to help you improve in this area and that kind of thing? Uh, and so I, I think it works best, you know, as yeah. in the evaluation process. And there, I think I, I mean, I, I agree. And you guys obviously are more versed in it, but I think there has to be stakes. Julie, you mentioned this about people not really always just, hey, I'll choose change. Cool. Yeah, I'm totally in my wheelhouse. I'll just choose change, especially coaches. I mean, you I'm using the example of basketball coaches because that was my lived experience for 22 years. The, the convention where we're supposed to go to learn. There's no there's not learning going on there. There's networking for new jobs. There's debauchery behind the scenes because that's supposedly how I'm supposed to connect with higher level coaches is if we go to the right. bar correctly together. And then like even if you take even some there's no social emotional learning breakout sessions. I'll tell you that there's ball screen defense and zone defense. No, there's nothing on the this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm I'm assuming like softball. I'm, I'm, I've it's been the there, same. too, with my teams of men booth. It's the same. It's not it's really. Same. So where? go ahead. Well, I'm just, you know, you know, we talk, phys everyone trains physical health, physical technique, physical, 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 but we know the most important thing is your mental health, right? I don't care how much technique you have or how many brains you have. If you don't know, if you can't be a confident person and learn these, you know, so we've all trained physical, 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 but we're not training mental and we're in a mental right. health crisis right now. And, you know, we have a great opportunity and there's so many kids out there that are with their coaches so many more hours and their teachers than they are with their parents. And so here's a great opportunity to teach, teach because yeah. these social, emotional learning, sports psychology is all kind of the same stuff It's putting the merging, you know, that is not the psychology of necessarily winning. It's the psychology of having fun and enjoying what we're doing. There's a million kids out there that hate football because they go into a shitty ass environment where they're gaslighted. They're told, suck it up when they have a concussion, you're a pussy. I mean, this is a reality on a D1. I hear it all the time. D1, yes. NFL high school and these kids are unhappy they're suicidal they're burning out they're dropping out so it's a mental health issue and i'm tired of people saying mental health is only depressed anxiety and pathology mental health is every day being learning how to be a better human being be empathic there's racism there's so many things that we need to teach these are skills that need to be taught mitch uh I don't feel like I did a good job in your question. You want to know what's in the curriculum besides creating positive spaces, provide students age appropriate leadership roles in making decisions, uh, formulate lessons and guidance that address hate, bias and foster and negative cultures to foster healthy uh, relationships and um, build and sustain positive relationships. How to do that? develop such other skills such as 
uh, conflict resolution, ethical decision making, and problem solving. That's what FCL is really famous for. It teaches people to be critical thinkers. And mm -hmm. um, that could also be in, in teams that I've advised. Uh, I say to the coaches, don't come in with your expectations. Ask the team what their expectations are and their values of being a, team, uh, a, a teammate. What values do they want to see in their teammates? And then the, the, uh, the coaches can say, well, then, then that's what we're going to do. This is your team. And the moment you make it your team, it becomes a motivational factor. And, and, mm -hmm. and then the, the accountability, which everyone wants, both from coaches and players, the accountability is coming from teammates. Like we said we were going to do this, but we're not right now. So how yeah. do we change that? And that's good, you know, teaching the skill of conflict resolution, not by modeling it. By saying this is how you uh, you have a conflict and you resolve it. This is how to do it step by step. Mm -hmm. So people aren't mm -hmm. you know guessing. All people are learning, and of course these are all career ready skills. Every one of them. Yeah. I mean, if you walk in, there's so a, much of that, Mitch. There's so much of that that it, it's spot on. But I wonder with the intense amount of control coaches want. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us, and I keep saying us because I, I know I wasn't perfect at this at this job, want the whistle of power and want the platform to just spew. And oftentimes I think think of a post game like we lose post game. I think the post game talk is entirely for coach to bleed his trauma out on everybody else. It doesn't help, really. Did you? I mean, I've been in plenty <laughs> of locker rooms where I felt better after my rant and it did nothing but push us further down mentally emotionally when we should have just walked away like we'll see you tomorrow everybody be back let's gate but you know so that it's such a how do we get right. there julie like curry too you too like i'm the evaluation i totally agree but does that mean we got to let some folks go you know I, so you know yes so I, short answer the short answer is yes sometimes we, we may have to let some folks go there's a there's real yeah. abuse happening out there and there's some there's kids yeah. suffering so yes we do have to let some some folks go um, but I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we normalize uh, social emotional learning. Uh, Mitch uh, mentioned early on how there's already you know curriculum existing in, in most states in, in the classroom for social emotional learning. You know, and the and coaches that are in schools have experience there, and so in just bringing some of that language, I think, um, in normalizing some of that language in athletics. Um, I think would, it would be the, the way to go. Um, I'm, I'm actually working on a, a coach's clinic this fall uh, at, that will be taking place at Madison Park High School, where I'm hoping to infuse some social emotional learning uh, into um, the coach's clinic. I've talked to a, a coach who's, who's willing to you know, make that part of his presentation. Um, and I'll be having information available as well at, at, the, at the coach's clinic around social emotional learning and the, the, the fight team, the piece of coaching. Um, and so I think that's the key. I think talking about it more, I think normalizing the language. And, and um, as I said earlier, good coaches have been building relationships with, coach, with players for a long time. And, and um, it's something that we want to to help make more common. But without Is putting it, it in writing, we, without putting it in writing, we are in an evolve, revolving door new coaches, new persuasion, new persuasion, a rejection, and some acceptance 
all over the place. One team will do one thing. So when a kid goes out for a team, it's just one parent once told me, you know, when my team, my kid goes on a sports team, it's like a crapshoot. I have no idea. It what's is. It's scary. Yes. It's very scary. And is that some of that, Julie? Is some of that uh -huh. education necessary for parents to know, hey, you should expect this from your coach? Not oh just my God. innings you played. Know, being, I have three kids right now, and it is so hard because. You know, unfortunately, it's just, it's it's. I have to prepare them for reality, which I, reality sucks because they're choosing to be a team sport. My boys are basketball, baseball players. I would have loved them to be tennis players um, because when they're on court, they don't have to hear all the crap from their coaches. Yes. And but they're choosing yeah. it, so it's very hard to navigate finding them good coaches in a club atmosphere and a select atmosphere. And I and I try to pick that because they're taking my money. Um, but sometimes you go to an organization and they may make a last minute decision with what coaches you're going to get. And, um, it's scary when they go to high school, cause then you have less control. Um, but it's just, I don't even know. It's just so hard. I, I have cases where people come to me, um, and parents are like, is this normal? Because it's, this movement is, it's just like sexual harassment for years. It's just like, I mean, it's it's the same stuff. Me too. It's like everything's been okay, gaslighted. It's it's okay yeah. to to touch someone's ass. It's okay to right. say you're a pee. So all of a sudden, parents are coming in and they're going, "Is this normal? Isn't this okay?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> that's right. emotional yeah. abuse." People well, don't even know that. That's humiliation. That's grooming. Yes. Like you know, unfortunately, you're... unfortunately, Julie, it is normal, right? That is the norm. The norm is to accept this behavior. And what we're offering is a way out. We're offering a solution that if you just put, and it doesn't certainly, we're, none of us make money from doing this. We're not in a, where Julie said, that's how we make a living. She makes a living as a, a sports psychologist. Kareem um, uh, makes it as a dean of students. And I make it by being retired and having a very smart wife. <laughs> so, I love it. So, Marie, is it going to take somebody winning at a high level to catch fire? And I say that knowing how our industry works. Like if if Clemson wins this, it's because they did this on third down. So now we all go steal it. If Duke wins this, it's because they ran this. Is it going to take somebody winning and exposing like right. I did social emotional work? Is that is that going to be the tipping point or do we have to That's just train a new generation? That all, that all, this grassroots movement, that all grassroots movements like this. Uh -huh. if, a, if a, if a, if a Mike Krasinski, you know, you know, was a proponent of something like this and screamed it from the mountaintops, of course, everyone would follow suit. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think we've got to create a movement. We got to get parents and, and, um, you know, kids involved who are on the grassroots level, who are right, who are who are feeling the pain. They say the those closest to the. The pain should be closer to the power. And so those are they're gonna speak this, Ooh, you know, love speak that. this truth to power. And um, you know, that's that's how you get movement. And that's how you empower students by having a written curriculum that they can rely on and read themselves. In other words, the coaches has there's expectations, both sides, right? And the expectations are now in writing. I know that my coach is going to create this environment where I can thrive. Uh, when he doesn't, but it's in the curriculum, all mm -hmm. right? So, but again, this is only for schools that choose to adopt it, but I believe they will because now parents and students have leverage and saying, why, you know, an incident happens. Why aren't we doing what 
the Department of Education has actually approved. Then and maybe this will take them. away from the power trippy coaches are out there. That's the issue because the power is not going to be with the coach anymore. And so, yeah. but but how do we get all these different organizations to take hold of this? Or that's the part that we're dealing we're doing with. That, right? We're doing that right, right now on this podcast. Yeah. We have to bring awareness to the fact there's an alternative here and it's an educational one. Every buddy is teaching up-to-date science in school or trying to accept sports they're back in the 19th century well winning and money yeah. is the root of a lot of evils <laughs> and it and it reinforces some of these horrible toxic traits that coaches do i found in, in my work yes. well kip you know i've never had a losing season and i am terrified to change anything all in it it's this i'm latched on to my identity as my a way. winning coach I mean, honestly, right. I don't think I would have come to my, oh, my God, moment without getting my ass kicked to the point where I was open to anything. Right. But it was uh, I don't a lot of my brethren are not. How do we support you guys? How do we where do people go? You know, we said get psychsports.org and abuse from coaching.org. Where do people go that are excited, feel this pain point? Where? How do we how do we follow up? The biggest thing I could advise is that each person who hears that and says, here's this and says, well, really, I agree with that. Go speak to your school board. Go speak, write letters to the, your local paper, if there is one. Uh, uh, but online, especially in your town, uh, Facebook pages uh, and other next door and other social media, go in and question, why are we yelling at children when it's anti-science? It's against science, and we're allowing it to happen. In some states, this will not be appreciated. Uh, but we're going, we're, we're banking, the three of us and many others are banking on that science is a repetition of an experiment that has the same results over and over and over again. With some of these, it can't be exactly the same because people are different. It's not like chemistry where one... Mm -hmm. you know, one uh, chemical or another. So it won't be perfect, but it is in the the axiom becomes an axiom when everyone believes it's true. And I think you go into a, any business, the ones that have that strong culture uh, are going to be the most successful. I know that's and you, true. And you mentioned Facebook. Person. I've seen you all on TikTok as well with story shares from endabusivecoaching.org. Is that where people go to share some of these stories, bring light to it, but, shine light on the yeah, harm? Right. And it's all anonymous. So yeah, there's a form. You fill it out. I I only get the form. I get no nowhere where it's coming from or anything. And I don't want uh, names or places, actually. This is about the situations. And I, I will uh, say that I'm um that a famous coach uh, said you know that we're really out of context with these stories it's out of context we realize that but here's the thing the people that wrote that that's their perception and a good coach a good athletic director is dealing with that perception that you play yeah, favorites is the perception that right. you how you are, make a kid you know, feel racist is his reality is her reality Oh, yeah, Julie. absolutely. No, I mean, he's absolutely right, you know, but 
Julie, what's um, your podcast? Let, let everybody know so we can get so, we can follow you too. Yeah, so my podcast is a like similar to this. It's getting gritty with Dr. J. And it's exactly my podcast is exactly it's I'm very bold and honest um about end abuse of coaching, mental health awareness, getting people to talk about their feelings, creating better parenting. So getting gritty with Dr. J. Um, you know, I we we talk a lot about these issues. Um, and our, my mission and our mission, all of our missions, Kip, Mitch, Curry, me, is is mental health, it's happiness, it's empowerment, it's confidence, it's how do we get more people to to love what they're doing and 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 and, and sports are amazing, but we're abusing kids. <laughs> and it's not just about science, it's about the psychology of of abuse that causes depression and suicide. I've had many suicidal kids because they've had coaches. So it's it's both. It's it's common sense, but we need to do something about it. Kareem, I'll give you the thing? final word. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say that if you go on endabusecoaching.org and look under advocacy, hover the mouse, you will see Massachusetts legislation. And if you agree with this, and if you live in Massachusetts in two minutes, you can say, uh, send a, an email to your legislators saying what uh, that you support this legislation and act to remodel public school athletics. So good. So Kareem, I'll give you that. the final word, sir. Two things. Talk to your state legislator and also uh, visit endabusivecoaching.org. Take a look at some of those stories and, and, and read the perspectives of some of those young athletes who, you know, uh, been vulnerable enough to share what happened to them. Uh, you know, these stories are coming. I get I get notifications about these stories on a daily basis. And so people are people are energized by this. Um, and it's a tool that we really want to use to have, you know, people move by what we're doing. Well, I appreciate you all. I'm, I'm inspired. I'm uplifted. And also, I feel some rage. Julie, I'm with you. I'm in. Let's get after it. We got to get this changed. Thank you all for coming on Across the Streams. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's just